Sports Radio 93.7, the Fan Panthers Insider, live with you the next hour, 8 to 9 a.m. We're here with you every week. The most comprehensive pit sports coverage you're going to find in this great city. Right here on 93.7, the Fan, the home of the Pit Panthers. And there is a lot to talk about this week. A lot of good things to talk about. Uh, give me a call, 412-928-93.7. Looking forward to chatting with you today. A lot of good things going on in Pitt athletics these days. Always good to get a backyard brawl victory. Congrats to Pitt Women's Gymnastics with a nice win at the Fieldhouse last night. Over the Mountaineers, that's a really nice win for Sam Snyder and her team. Pitt Wrestling in full swing, number 18. Now sits atop the ACC rankings with a dual victory. They're undefeated in dual meets this season. A dual victory at the Peterson Event Center last night. It was a doubleheader in Oakland over North Carolina, taking control of the Atlantic Coast Conference standings. They will double back tonight for a doubleheader against Iowa State, who's ranked third in the country, a big 12 foe, for a big, big duel at the Peterson Event Center. Tickets are still available. Get a chance to go see the pit wrestling team. Jersey Jerry was in the house last night, I understand. I know he was on the PM team yesterday. Big Kenny Pickett fan, <clears throat> also now a, a pit wrestling fan. And uh, he brought some luck to the Panthers, who had a huge, huge W last night. It was also signing day this week, which is uh, ironic because the Panthers football program did not sign anybody. Uh, they, they indeed finished up their signing day way back in, in December. Uh, two signing days in, in today's college football, December, and then obviously that first February, and then the transfer portal will roll on, and you'll have windows of, of open transfer activity um, that commence after spring football, which will start here in just about a month. And the Panthers' schedule uh, came out this week. So what we'll do today's show is going to be chock full of schedule analysis. We'll talk to Jeff Capel at 840 about this Pitt men's basketball team. They are off this weekend, as Joel just told you during the update. They're off this weekend, a chance to get some much-needed rest, to get healthy, and to get revved up for a closing stretch that has them in the thick of the ACC race uh, in a position to win an ACC championship. I'll go through those scenarios uh, as well as the path ahead for the Panthers to secure an NCAA tournament berth for the first time in a long time. Uh, we will not talk about net rankings because I don't understand them. Um, and that's not just because I'm a Pitt fan. I just don't get it and don't care to talk about something I don't understand. But we will talk about this Pitt team, what they're continuing to do, you know, sitting at 16-7, and seven, obviously a great record, 9-3 and three in the conference, a huge, uh, a huge win on Wednesday night against North Carolina. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the remainder of the schedule and how kind of the threats both ahead of them and behind them in the ACC uh, rankings currently, the Panthers sitting at third, how those threats may have a tougher road ahead and may do some, uh, may cannibalize each other a little bit as the Panthers look to be in a position to win an ACC championship. We'll talk about that in segment two. What I want to do now, though, is talk about this pit football schedule, which came out, was announced on Monday, two-hour program on the ACC network. Panthers got their full schedule. We'll talk through each week, take your calls about spring football, take your calls about the quarterback position. We're starting to see some players talk to the media. Christian Veyer talked to the media last week, quarterback brought in from Penn State, obviously Phil Dracovic in there, Derek Davis, the running back from Gateway, Dejon Reynolds, receiver from Florida, spoke this week. 
Some of the freshmen are starting to talk. Donovan McMillan. Talk about this pit football team as we, we ramp up for spring football in about a month, um, which is which is crazy. Spring football game, April 15th at Acrisure Stadium. Season ticket renewal deadline, March 1st. Coming up quick. Get your tickets. It's going to be a fun, fun fall, not only at Acrisure Stadium, but also on the road. This schedule, I think, sets up really well for Pitt. I think it's one that has great non-conference opportunities to bolster your resume, obviously get battle-tested heading into the regular season into ACC play. Not that, not that uh, the Panthers haven't done that in the past. They, they certainly have. The Panthers did it last year playing West Virginia and Tennessee. But the unique thing about this schedule, I think, is its start. Panthers will open things up against Wofford on September 2nd. Nothing abnormal about that except last year was the backyard brawl on a Thursday, and this will be a normal Saturday kickoff. We do not have kickoff times, by the way. Those won't be announced till, till much later. Openers typically later in the summer get announced. Um, and then obviously you'll have those two-week TV time windows where you're either going get, to get your uh, kickoff time two weeks out or you're going to be on a six-day hold as you get into conference play. <clears throat> Week two, though, big game at Acrisure Stadium. A, a, the renewal of the River City rivalry. Anyone remember that trophy? I do. We won that game at Acrisure Stadium. I played quarterback in that game, beating a ranked – Cincinnati team in 2007, the 2009 edition of the River City rivalry in, in Pittsburgh, uh, did not go well. The Panthers' last game against Cincinnati was way back in 2012. Paul Christ was the head coach. That game was in Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. That did not go well either, so the Panthers have a little bit of payback uh, in store potentially for the Bearcats. But this will be a great matchup, a potential matchup of two teams that are on the periphery or maybe in the top 25, just depends on Certainly uh, some of the uncertainties that both programs have with turnover and, and transition, great players going to the NFL. Both of these teams have been top 25 caliber teams the last two seasons and obviously are very similar in nature, right? I mean, city schools, uh, storied traditions, Pitt probably more history uh, back in the day, but certainly Cincinnati has been a very relevant program for the last two decades, Plus, they've, they've gone through a, a series of highly successful head coaches. Uh, Brian Kelly, Butch Jones, obviously now Luke Fickle moves on to Wisconsin, and, and Scott Satterfield moves up 45 minutes from Louisville to Cincinnati, which is ironic because Louisville and Cincinnati played in the bowl game in the Fenway Bowl, which the Cardinals won. But Cincinnati certainly has done a nice job with that program, and that'll be a, a really, really good test uh, in week two. And then down to Morgantown. For the first time since 2011, the Panthers will travel down 79, down into Morgantown, and face the West Virginia Mountaineers. Neil Brown returns as coach. Obviously, they've had some transition at the quarterback position. JT Daniels no longer there. They've worked the transfer portal. This is a big year for West Virginia, and they start Penn State, Duquesne, Pitt. So they're keeping things local as well. And, you know, we'll see that this game could have a lot to say about certainly the Panthers' season and how they start and getting into that top 25. you got two marquee matchups back-to-back. But also shifting gears to West Virginia from their perspective, this game will say a lot about the, the long-term future of Neil Brown. 
as the Mountaineer head coach, especially with the new athletic director down there in Morgantown. But that's not our concern. Be a big game in Morgantown. Always fun to go down there and return to the backyard brawl. Year two. And then things get started hot and heavy with conference play. And the thing I love about this schedule, again, you'll see, Panthers have yet to, through week three, have yet to get on, a, on an airplane. And they won't do that. They'll do that one time in the first seven weeks. But things get started with what promises to be, I would think, the one of the top, aside from Clemson and Florida State, I would think North Carolina with Drake Mayback will be a, a preseason. They will get votes as a, as a preseason favorite uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Still uncertain about the quarterback position in Death Valley. Everyone, Florida State, I, I would expect, is going to get a lot of love. Jordan Travis back, top 10 recruiting classes. Obviously, they've, done a, they've really revived that thing um, you know, from, from death's door almost a couple years ago, and give credit to Mike Norvell for that. But I, I, I still think Drake May is the, the, the premier quarterback in this league in terms of NFL potential and in terms of his ability to both throw and run. Uh, he's the most complete, in my opinion, and he will come to Acrisure Stadium on September 23rd. The Panthers will then travel to Virginia Tech, face Brent Pry and the Hokies. That'll be their first plane ride of the year, heading down to Blacksburg, Virginia. Always a highly contested game. Big East foes, a lot of close games. They've been the rule in this in this uh, in this series, with the exception of the past few years. There've been some lopsided affairs, but. Uh, that's always a challenge going to Virginia Tech. Not a good year for, for the Hokies last year. Uh, they've ruled, retooled in the portal as well. And it'll be interesting as we progress through the summer, as we start to look at how these depth charts evolve and you start to understand these rosters, how, how Virginia Tech will try to rebuild that program. It's, it would seem that defense and special teams, they've been the, they've been the formula for the Hokies in the past. Beamer ball, uh, if you will. But they have not had consistent play at the quarterback position and if Brent Pry is going to have success there, he's going to have to find a, a signal caller that can that can get it done. And they, they have not been the tech defense of old. Good, but not great. And certainly Israel Banacanda last year with 300-plus yards and six touchdowns uh, didn't have much trouble cutting through that hokey uh, front seven. So we'll see how they retool things. Louisville at home after an open week, October 14th. Again, it's Jeff Brom coaching Louisville now, but still the Panthers took a t tough loss in – Louisville last year, and we'll look to, to bounce back against the Cardinal. Again, Cardinals, excuse me, they are uh, Panthers. will be three games in ACC play. Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, first real road trip uh, after the open week. Then at Notre Dame. That'll be a fun one. Everyone's circling that on their calendars. Stay tuned for information on tickets and so forth. Make sure you're requesting your tickets to that game because uh, Panther fans always travel well to, to South Bend and I recall that myself and have been there, and, and it's, a, it's a great place to go watch a football game. And Pitt and Notre Dame have played. E.J. Borghetti would have to correct me, but I think Pitt's in the top five of, of common opponents for Notre Dame all time. Been a lot of great games in that, in that history, and there's a lot of storylines in this game. I'm excited to go to South Bend, but I'm also excited to see Phil Dracovic in South Bend, an opportunity for him to go there in his last season of collegiate football and, and play the team that he committed to and had dreams of playing for. And, the other team that he had dreams of playing for, he's now a member of the Pitt Panther program and a chance to take the Panthers into South Bend and play Sam Hartman and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The same Sam Hartman that the Panthers probably gave nightmares to a year and a half ago in the ACC championship game in Charlotte. 
well, a year and two months ago. The ACC championship game in Charlotte where Sam Hartman threw a few to the other team. Eric Howell took one to the house, and the Panthers just ravaged that front of Wake Forest. Certainly, I think he'll have plenty of talent around him. It'll be interesting to see how Sam Hartman acclimates to a, a, a more – well, we'll see what kind of offense they run because Tommy Reese is going to Alabama. Newsflash. Crazy. Nick Saban comes up in a plane, picks him up, boom, hires him, he's gone. Tommy Reese played at Notre Dame. But going to Alabama, so we'll see who Notre Dame hires as offensive coordinator, but Sam Hartman will undoubtedly be their quarterback. So you go Wake, again, will be a, has been consistent in ACC at Notre Dame, home against Florida State. If the Panthers take care of business, this game against Florida State is massive. Massive against a team that will be the preseason ACC favorite, in my opinion. If I had to, if I had to put it down today, Florida State is the preseason favorite to win the ACC championship. Most complete team. Most complete team with, with, with a, a proven commodity at quarterback in Jordan Travis. And obviously, the Panthers have seen him since 2020. It's not going to be 2023, and he's still at the helm. Obviously, a ton of experience under his belt, both good and bad. But he had a terrific season last year, winning, leading the, the Seminoles to their best year in a long time. Then the Panthers will travel to the Bronx to take Syracuse on in Yankee Stadium. A hundred years later, since the first football game was played in Yankee Stadium, Pitt lost that game 3-0. I know a thing or two about 3-0 games myself. Um, I, I would think the score will be higher this time. Be a fun trip, though, to New York City. Panthers have experience playing there in 2016 at the Pinstripe Bowl. Matt, saw Mack and Salvis the other day. Grew up a Yankee fan. He's fired up. New York native. Should be a great atmosphere and a chance to play in one of the premier sporting venues in this country, if not in the world. Thursday night affair, quick turnaround. New York City back and then play BC on a Thursday night and then close things out in Durham against Duke. I'm excited about this football schedule. A lot of opportunities. Certainly a challenging schedule. We'll rank amongst the most challenging in terms of quality of opponent, Power 5, crossover opponents, Notre Dame, inserted in the mix as a you know, as that fourth non-conference game. Obviously, no divisions anymore, so you're playing the likes of Louisville, Wake, Florida State, traditional Atlantic uh, division foes now now inserted into your normal rotation. We'll play them as frequently as you'd play a coastal division rival or Syracuse or Virginia Tech, who's in that pod in B.C. Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Pitt lumped together will play each other every year, and then the other games will rotate. The 2023 Pitt football season tickets are on sale. I advise you to get yours renewed. Make sure you request your parking. Get all that stuff settled. September 2nd, we'll be here before you know it. Transition to Hoops Talk next. Want to talk about this Pitt team, talk about that win over North Carolina, and talk about their path forward to not only an NCAA tournament, but this team is a contender to hoist the ACC regular season trophy. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Panthers Insider. On 93.7 The Fan. Rolling on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan Panthers Insider. Here with you till 9 o'clock. Going to talk some pit hoops here for the next, oh, 10 minutes or so. And then we'll welcome Jeff Capel on the show at 8.40. Talk to head men's basketball coach at the University of Pittsburgh about a little open weekend and how the Panthers are handling that and their path ahead, obviously, through a stretch run of the regular season. But first... We got Jim on the line. Jim, how you doing? Good morning. Hi, Pat. How are you? Yeah, I 
been a long time fit fan. Uh, 50 years. This will be my 50th year season tickets. That's uh, well. Thank you and, for your uh, support. And I, I love fit sports and really happy with the basketball. Jim, did we lose Jim? We might have lost Jim. We'll have Jim call back. I cut him off. We cut him off during a good time. Or he cut himself off. Whatever happened. But Jim, call us back, 412-928-9370. We're talking pit hoops. He said he was happy with pit basketball, and so am I. So we're going to continue talking about that. Panthers sit at 16-7, and overall 9-3 and in the ACC. Again, do not play this weekend, but we'll resume their regular season next Tuesday at the Peterson Event Center, a 7 o'clock tip-off against Louisville. Want to look at this schedule moving forward because you would say – of the contenders for the ACC regular season championship, the Panthers' path forward is is probably has the least resistance in terms of playing top caliber ACC teams, teams at the top of the standings. Panthers will go home against Louisville at Florida State, a team they've lost to but still sits in the bottom third of the Atlantic Coast Conference, is not playing particularly well right now. Before we do that, Jim is back. Jim, I'm sorry. We, we might have cut you off there. How are you doing? You, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't know what happened there. but It's probably anyway, on me. My, I'll take the blame I, for that. I, I guess what I wanted to talk about was the pit football schedule, and in, in particular, one game. That Boston College game. The ACC does it to us all the time. But the fact that we only have six home games this year for football. Yeah. Okay. We want to enjoy them with our family and friends. I got a lot of season tickets, and I bring people every week. It's my hobby. That's what I do. But to put a game, especially our last game, which will be senior, I guess it's going to be senior night because it's not going to be a day. Right. But to put us our last game of the season on a Thursday night, it's difficult to drive in through that traffic to get there by 7 o'clock. It's it's. You can't get friends to go because they've got to work some of them the next day. Right. You know, it's just it's just disgusting to me. The ACC does a lot of this stuff to Pitt, and I don't understand why. And, and, you know, and they banish us. To, uh, a lot of our big games this year were on a, the ACC network instead of on ESPN, which hurts you for rankings. And the other thing, I, 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 I'm, I'm scattershotting here. It's okay, ACC Jim. You've earned the right. Network on, on, on Comcast is at 1325 when all the other sports network stations are in the 800 series on Comcast is beyond me. And they have open spots around 845 or so. They could have put the ACC network in there. But it's like they banish us to this. But I, I would really hope that Pitt can put pressure on and change that Thursday night game to a Saturday so that people can go in, honor the senior players that are going to be playing there, have a nice crowd. Because we only have six home games this year. But I think that stinks. Plus, Jerkovic playing, playing BC will be a great thing, too. You know, a nice rivalry. Yep. Uh, my, my brother-in-law is a, a BC graduate. You know, he taught at Duquesne and all this. But I'm hoping he'll be back up from Florida and we'll be able to take him to the game. You know, because he comes up for the Thanksgiving. You know, it just, it just stinks on Thursday night. I just hate Thursday night games. And, and – uh, you know, how we ended up with that for the last game of the season is, I just don't Jim, if I could transfer you to the league office right now, I would, but I don't have that power. I, I appreciate your call, your passion. Um, obviously, 
what what this speaks to is it it's it is all about TV in 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 sports. It just is, and TV slots and viewership and certainly Thursday nights are not ideal to get in, in the venue, uh, but people will flip that game on TV, and unfortunately that has a, a you know a, a, an impact on the most tried and true fans and and what they'd like ideally to be their schedule. Um, the ACC network is is evolving. Uh, obviously, I, I I can't speak to the channel selection. Um, I, I have no idea what that would be attributed to. However, the ACC network uh, certainly is related to ESPN. It's available everywhere, uh, most places, if you will. It's certainly not as mainstream as as the proper ESPN or two, ESPN two, but it's growing. We're only in year four, so just hang in there. You've been doing it for 50 years, and I know you'll be there that Thursday night against BC come hell or high water, so appreciate your support. Let's go to Matt. Matt, how you doing? Hey, Pat. Two, two quick things. First off, uh, man, did I love Taekwon Underwood's uh, speech. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat at, it. At the NLI event. That was, that was kind of legendary. Um, two, two, switching to basketball. Um, you know, it's great to see them back on the right track. Uh, some of my best sports memories are definitely those years from the early 2000s up through the middle of the 2010s with those teams. And just being realistic from a perspective of where you could see Pitt winning a national title in one of the major sports, there's a much more realistic path to win it in basketball than there is in football. You only need a couple of really good players to do that. The randomness of the tournament makes it more possible. So if there's not that I want to throw football out, but if you're going to be elite or good in one sport, almost better, you have more of a chance in basketball. Matt, that's a good point. Um, and I appreciate the call. I am, uh, obviously I played football at the university of Pittsburgh and, uh, believe wholeheartedly in that program and certainly where it's headed 20 wins in two seasons Doran Dickerson's video this week was awesome by the way if you haven't seen that um but certainly I I think basketball is has more parity uh, there's less players one guy can have two guys can have a, a much larger impact than you know basically every position is a quarterback and, and especially you know guard play in college basketball that has that type of impact on a team um and and I, I think the I think the the pendulum of power in college basketball tends to oscillate more than what you what you're seeing the past ten seasons in in college football and, and who wins the national championship. I mean, let's, just just looking at brass tacks, a, a team from the South has won the national championship, and I think aside from Ohio State, I think in 2016, whatever year that was, it's been every single year for the last 10, and certainly since the college football playoffs been in existence. The concentration of talent down there, deindustrialization of the North, the number of players looking even Western Pennsylvania, what was once was a hotbed, the number of Division One Power 5 players coming out of these areas and staying home is, is dwindling, has dwindled. Still good players, still great football, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, with a 12-team playoff coming, I would argue that the path to getting in the conversation for a national championship for football abs- absolutely will widen for a, for a program like Pitt, and it, and I, I know that Heather like and Pat Narduzzi that is a, a 
that they they're they're grinning at that opportunity to have a chance to be in that in that 12. They would have been in that 12 a year ago. You know, you don't lose a a a, a Georgia Tech or Louisville this year, you got a chance to be in that 12. It would have been in the ACC Championship game. So, but to get to the the pinnacle is difficult. Now, those teams in the 2010s, you know, the 2000s that you you referenced for men's basketball, and I want to get into this remaining schedule before we go to break. Um those teams were, were darn good. One of them was honored last Saturday at the Peterson Event Center. We see the, the, the level of talent there. Was it, was it you know, lottery pick talent? No. Um, but you've seen teams win national championships without that. Certainly you have. Um, but it helps to have it. They're good players. I'd take Sam Young and DeWan Blair any day from that 09 team. I think that team's about as good as, as Pitt's seen. But to crack the top, to get to the Final Four, to get to the, it, it's not, it's not as easy as it looks. I would argue, I, I would, I would agree with your argument, that because of less players, the impact of a couple elite talent level talent players, and what they can do, getting older in the transfer portal, we've seen the value to to this pit team. Um, you know, they're 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 tested. They've been through wars before. You can put that puzzle piece together. You can make a run really quickly. Um, so it is great to see this pit team back, back in that conversation. You know, we're in February. It's February fourth, and we're talking about pit basketball having a chance to not only make the NCAA tournament, but has a real chance to win the ACC regular season title. Which I, I don't think a whole hell of a lot of people would have predicted back in in November. Talked earlier about this schedule that's remaining. And you look at the top contenders of the ACC, and I'm talking about teams, Clemson and UVA, both two losses. NC State, Miami, behind the Panthers, both with four losses. And then Duke and Carolina both have four losses as well, but only seven wins. The Panthers' schedule includes the least amount of those teams. The least amount of those top kind of six teams that are in the in the mix, six, seven teams that are in the mix for a conference championship. The teams at six losses or more, they're going to play each other. They're going to get to seven, eight, nine losses. So you're looking at the Panthers at three losses with eight games remaining, having to lose a sizable portion of those games to, to be out of the conversation for the ACC title. Now, obviously, the more you win, the better your chances. But the Panthers, let's just walk through this remaining schedule right now. Panthers have Louisville, Florida State, B.C., Two of those three at home, they'll travel to Florida State. All three of those teams are in the bottom third of the league. Louisville just won their first game last week. Panthers will play them Tuesday night. At Virginia Tech, a team that's playing well, but its record does not indicate that they are a contender for the ACC championship. Playing better, though, they got some guys back off of injury. Then home against Georgia Tech, home against Syracuse. At Notre Dame, so the bottom of the league. That'll be Mike Brace's final home game. That'll be a buzzsaw. And then at Miami. To me, the two toughest games on that schedule, if I'm just looking at it, are at Virginia Tech and at Miami. Both still winnable games. But these Panthers, they play tight games. They're the cardiac cats, man. That's what they like. So it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, and it would help them to win with some style points. But I'll take one or more points more than the opponent for sure. You look at those eight games and, 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 and contrast that with, with Clemson, who plays Miami. They're at Carolina. They've got Q's at home. They're at NC State, who's playing really well. And then they're at UVA. 
UVA's got Virginia Tech on the road, NC State at home. They got Duke at home. They're at Carolina, and they play Clemson. So UVA and Clemson play each other. One of those teams is going to have a loss, at least one. NC State at UVA, Carolina home, Wake home, Clemson home, at Duke, at Syracuse to finish the season. Two hard places to win. Miami at Clemson, Duke at home, at Carolina, Wake, at Virginia Tech, Pitt at home. And the Panthers have the head-to-head against NC State and the head-to-head against UVA. So if you're rooting for anybody, you root for UVA and you root for NC State, Panthers have a head-to-head against them and they don't play them again. Clemson, obviously, the Panthers have only played one time. They will not play them again. That game was lost by one point. Duke. Duke Duke and Carolina play each other twice the remaining path of the season, including tonight or today. I don't know what exactly what time the game is. But the picture I'm painting here is that the Panthers were to, say, go 6-2 and two down the stretch. Just throwing that out there arbitrarily. 22-9, and 15-5 and five in the league. I think that's a pretty darn good tournament resume. But I would argue that that has a chance to be an ACC championship winning resume if the stars align. You want to nail it down? Go 8-0. Keep winning. And then we'll certainly take it one game at a time. I know the next man we'll talk to will take it one game at a time for sure, and that's head men's basketball coach Jeff Capel. He'll join the program in the next segment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan going straight out to the hotline. Appreciate head men's basketball coach Jeff Capel joining us this morning. Coach, good morning. Pat, what's up, man? How you doing? I know you got back late last night if you're back. from, from uh, Birdie told me you were in Houston. <laughs> yeah. So the, the open date, you know, not having a game gives you guys a chance to get on the road, I would assume. Yeah, it does. All of us were out yesterday uh, just recruiting just checking some guys out. We got back late Wednesday night uh, from Chapel Hill and uh, had Thursday and Friday off. We'll get together at noon today and resume practice to get ready for our game next week. Coach, I know there's a lot of cliches in coaching, like you know, a break couldn't come at a better time, but this would seem to be the perfect time for you guys to, to get a little bit off to, to get some rest. Yeah, we've had a, you know, a lot of really – tough, uh, physical, emotional games um, really since conference play has started. And over the past week, couple of weeks, it's, 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 it's been a lot. And we're, I was really worried about the game at Carolina just because we're banked up. Like we're really, really banked up. We have a couple of guys that didn't practice last Monday, one because of an injury we're nursing and just trying to manage um, – and obviously the games are more important. One was sick and uh, couldn't be there. We had a stomach bug floating through our team. And this time of year, man, everyone's just a little bit banged up and bruised. So for us to have this break, to be able to get a couple of days where we could just mentally and physically recover is huge for us. We'll get back today. We won't go long. We're at the, we're at the period of time now in practice, or the time, I should say, of the season where we don't go too long. Um, it, it's really about trying to get in and maybe add a few things, tweak a few things, work on a few things, and then get out of there. Talking to head men's basketball coach Jeff Capel, and, and Coach, you mentioned after the game that your guys don't blink, and I was watching the, the game on, on TV, and they, they zoomed in on Jamarius on that last sequence where he obviously got fouled. <laughs> and all he's doing, looks like he's, it looks like he's walking down the hallway listening to music. He's just 
nodding his head. Like he knew exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to transpire. You know, speak to that confidence and and how it not only exists with him, but kind of emanates throughout your whole locker room. One of the things we've talked about all year was trying to be neutral. And if we get into moments and, you know, Pat, that, that game, was as intense of a game that I've been a part of in a while. I mean, it was very physical, and it was just really intense, really emotional um, for both teams. I think both teams understood how big of an opportunity it was. And, you know, they went on runs, we went on runs. The one thing we talk about at, at both, when they went on them, we called timeout. When we went on them, they called timeout. We kept saying in the huddle, like, okay, let's get back to neutral. Let's get back to neutral. That's kind of a saying we've adopted. And in that moment, you know, we got to stop. We came down and we called timeout. And I, I know maybe people thought I was crazy, but I, I just, I told our guys in the, in, in the huddle, like, look, we're going for the win. We're not going to shoot it. Like, we're going for the win. And I know something that we can run. I think, I, I believe this will work. We have to go out and execute it. And, our guys did a heck of a job of executing that to perfection. There's no one in that situation that I would have wanted on the free throw line, you know, more than Jamaris. And I didn't notice it in real time, but I went back and I was watching tape. That's when I noticed how he was uh, during that moment, out of that timeout, when the we execute, when they executed the play and going to the foul line. And so I just think they're really confident in each other. They believe in themselves. They believe in each other. And, uh, it's it's showing out there. Now, Coach, I know you mentioned neutral, and, and there's been obviously some some hard times throughout this season, as there always are. That uh, it seemed to be clumped together early, uh, then bounced back. Obviously, some some tough home losses in front of great crowds. But I'm going to ask you to step back for a second. Obviously, you know, being here the length of time you've been here, and and all the the trials, tribulations, challenges. What's it like to and I know you're so focused on what's going on on the floor, but what's it like to look up and, and see that place full again? What does that mean to you? And more importantly, what does that mean to your program and your players? Yeah, more importantly, what it means to the program and the players. Um, you know, it's something that this program deserves. It's something that this group of guys has earned. And what I mean by that. Um, you know, as a fan of this program from afar before I took this job, you know, and again, it's interesting. Last weekend, we had the 2003 team here. And that's kind of the team. I, mean, I, I remember the 80s teams, but I was a little kid at the time. But around 2003, I had just gotten into coaching. I think my first year at DCU was 2001, 2002, somewhere around there. I think 2003, we won the league. But that's when I really started to pay attention to this program. And, you know, when they won the Big East and and just that team and then the uh, consistency of excellence from that point on. And you saw how Ben built it. Then Jamie came in and took over. And it just, it it was kind of like a well-oiled machine. Obviously, you know, when Jamie left, there were some lean times as they entered the ACC and just the trajectory started going in a different direction. I knew all of that when I took over, but the thing that I thought was that because I had seen it done here before that we could do it again. 
And so when I say it's deserved, it's it's something that this program deserves. This program has a lot of pride. There are a lot of great fans um, here in Pittsburgh that, you know, love this program, believe in it. Since the time I got here, I heard about the glory days and things like that. And so it's something that this program deserves, uh, you know, to have crowds like that. But it's something that you have to earn, quite frankly, you know, my first four years, we didn't earn it. I mean, that's that's it, it's it's it can be difficult, especially when you feel the target, like the target. But it was it was we didn't deserve it. You know, the 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 we we had teams that played hard, but we didn't do it consistently. Um, with, with any sort of consistency, we 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 had teams that you know were seemed like they were going in the right direction, and then for whatever reason, it stopped. And th- th- there was no one more disappointed nor frustrated uh, than me and our coaching staff. Uh, but, you know, man, we've, you know, everyone in our program has worked. And this group of guys has just been unbelievable to be around, uh, to, to, to watch. I mean, even you mentioned we started out one and three, and it looked bleak. Uh, but they kept believing in us. We kept believing in them. Um, and we kept working. And the thing that I love about this group, Pat, so much, and it's, it's, I remember one day, this was probably a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we had finished practice, and I was just sitting down, you know, talking to a few guys, and then I just happened to just look out there. And it, it had been going on for a while, but I think in that moment is when I just, for whatever reason, really appreciated it. We had nine guys out there after practice, <laughs> just shooting, working working with each other, working with a coach, and they were not in a hurry to leave. And that's, you know, I just, and again, it had been happening for a while, but that's been the thing this group has done, man. They've just, they, they really enjoy being around each other. Well, if it's any, I can provide a little bit of insight into that work because I was, I was in the event center on, I think it was Wednesday, no, Thursday, um, and uh, didn't expect to see any of your guys there. Uh, certainly after a, a, a game. I saw the managers out there doing some work, getting ready with, with Jake, and Blake Hinson came out uh, in full-fledged uniform. Uh, obviously, he didn't have the shooting night he wanted to have in Chapel Hill. But what struck me was he was kind of commentating what was going on with the managers, which was hilarious to me. And, and one of the refrains I've heard, and we'll kind of close on this, and you, you've alluded to it from, from fans, is, is that this team is, is, quote, fun to watch. Um, they're fun to watch, and I assume that means they're fun to be around. They're very fun to be around. I mean, a perfect. You, you know, you just mentioned Blake. So Blake did not play well against North Carolina. I mean, he didn't. He, he, you mentioned the shooting night. He was in foul trouble in the first half. He had to sit for a while. He never got into the rhythm of the game. And sometimes with a guy that's as good as, as Blake is and that's had the season that he's had for us, he's as important of a guy is we have when we won in the locker room on the way to the locker room Pat he must have hugged me two or three times <laughs> when we got in the locker room he gave me another big hug there was no one more excited than him he could have easily pouted because he didn't have a good game he could have easily been down I had no idea that he was in there third I had no clue because I didn't go in I went in for maybe about 15 20 minutes on Thursday but that doesn't surprise me. Um, and that's what I mean. I mean, he gave an answer. You know, I, 
I've been in the media after games and at our home games, we take our guy, we take you know, one or two guys with us. And some of the ways these guys has, have answered questions has absolutely blown me away. Yeah. You, like you, like you being a driver of the caravan. We, yeah. Yeah. Like we don't have a back seat. And I'm sitting there looking or listening and, I, and I'm proud. And I'm just like, man, th- like this is, this is so refreshing. You know, and so we have to keep it up, man. You know, one of the things that you worry about as a coach is, you know, you're playing well, you've you've won these games, you're in a good spot. Now you have a couple of days off. It's important for us, but we can't lose the rhythm of competing. We can't lose the, you know, the rhythm of of, of trying to get better. Um, And that's where we have to reestablish today. Well, do that, coach. Keep it up, man. Stay healthy and, uh, and good luck on Tuesday and moving forward. Sounds good. Appreciate you. There goes Jeff Capel, Pitt Med men's basketball head coach. Good stuff there. This team has been fun to watch, and they've got quite the opportunity. They've got the conference championship within their sights. He won't talk about that with his team. He'll talk about one game at a time, and that's what they should do. But we have the beauty of perspective, and we can widen the lens a little bit. And we talked about that today, talked about the Pitt football schedule. Thought it was a great show. Enjoyed every second of it. Thanks to PGT Trucking, Beaver County Automotive, Mac Discount, Boss TV and Appliance, all the great supporters of this show. Appreciate the callers, Jim and Matt. Jim was a little – I hope Jim has a smile on his face today. Sun's shining. I know he's upset about that Thursday night kick, but I promise you it's going to be all right. And I appreciate Jim's 50 years of support. We'll be back next week. Talking about the Panthers getting back in action. They'll be down in Tallahassee next Saturday. Panthers Insider will be live from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll preview that game. We'll talk about what happened on Tuesday night. Pit wrestling tonight at the Peterson Event Center against Iowa State. And again, get to the Peterson Event Center on Tuesday. I know they're not playing Carolina or Clemson or, or the top of the league, but this is a big game against Louisville to continue to move in the right direction. The Oakland Zoo, the Pete, all the fans that get in that building. Make sure you get there. Enjoy watching this team. It's supposed to be warmer this week. Traffic's not going to be great around the Pete. Just get there early and enjoy some great college basketball. We'll be back next week. For now, you've been listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Have a great Saturday and hail to Pitt.